Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Charlene Bala-Lucas. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fourth season of this podcast focusing on mental health and well-being. In this, the fifth part of the series, we'll be talking about something that all Kenyans are currently obsessed with, the forthcoming elections. We'll be focusing on aspects such as election stress disorder, election anxiety, and how you can look after your mental, emotional and spiritual health during these tumultuous and unpredictable times. So do stay with me for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music and meditate together. My guest today is a resolute, highly educated and focused clinical psychologist with a specialization in chemical dependency and trauma healing. Her treatment method is to always seek to utilize her extensive experience in clinical assessment and counseling skills to meet any challenge in assisting individuals, psychological issues and initiative intervention programs. She has a unique ability to build trust and strong bonds with the patients with her use of in-depth understanding of psychological behavioral issues. Guided by values of patience, resilience and focus, she can bring creative and innovative ways that positively impact the patient to build confidence and a positive outlook for their personal and professional future. She describes herself as resilient, loving, and empathic. Prashna Shah, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Thanks, Shalini. Glad to be here. You come from so much experience and you're highly educated in mental health, uh, psychology. Why did you go into this field? Um, I think growing up, I was bullied a lot. Okay. And... Going into public schooling, there was never really a counsellor on board. So what was it that we were dealing with? We were dealing with it ourselves. And the best way we knew was either to hide or to fight. Um, unfortunately for me, my, my innate nature is to hide. And so I became a real introvert. Um, I went into pre-med school and I got pulled out. And um, the next best option was to try and continue a career in medicine in some form of way. And psychology was the only option available at that time. What do you mean you got pulled out? So there weren't enough finances to pay for the school fees. Okay. For me to complete the entire course. That must have been devastating for you. It was, but it was something that I had to take in my stride. I mean, what was I going to do? Was I going to just sit there and now cry about it? Or was I going to look for an option and say, okay, so what's the next best thing we can do? So the next best thing was to get a course of psychology into USIU, and that's where I ended up. And do you feel like that might have been a blessing in disguise in the end? It absolutely was. Ah, okay. So it was meant to be. Absolutely. It was, it was supposed to be the way it's turned out. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that journey of being a psychologist. And, and, and you came back to Kenya. This, is this where you were born and brought up? I was born and brought up in Kenya. So why did you decide to come back here? So, so let's go back. Sorry. Let's start with the... What was it like to, to train as a psychologist? Um, when I was at USIU and training as a psychologist, it was it was fairly new. Psychology wasn't an, uh, a subject that a lot of people were doing. We were a really small class size. I think we were 23. And um, we had maybe four lecturers who were actually psychiatrists from the University of Nairobi who would also be professoring at USIU. 
um, and you know, use of the internet was just starting. So there was information was literally going into the library and picking up books and reading about Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and all of that. And fascinating stuff. Always is, isn't it? But it's always, it's also nice to realize that there is a difference between how they saw things and how things were at that time and how things are now. So, I mean, I look at the DSM that was then was the first edition and we're on edition five now, Okay, 23 years later. So imagine the kind of mental illnesses that we keep adding into the books. So it's it's growing exponentially. It's growing exponentially. It's also becoming daily illnesses that we thought were common and now being classified as mental illnesses. Can you give me an example? Anxiety was never a mental illness. Okay. Anxiety it w- was just you're feeling uncomfortable, you're claustrophobic, you're having a panic attack, but it was never classified as an illness until the late early 2000. You're saying there were 23 students in your course. Has that also grown, do you know, to your... Absolutely, yes. Um, I currently supervise a couple of graduate students at the USIU, and they're hitting more than 200 now. Whoa, okay. That's incredible. there's a huge amount of uh, manpower coming into the field. Okay. But also, is it that... I don't know if you can answer this. It's, It's a... A question I don't know. Is it that we are just having more mental health issues or is it that we're being diagnosed more? I think we're becoming a lot more aware of our mental state, a lot more um, empathetic to what people are going through. I think clinical officers, medical doctors are becoming a lot more open to saying, you know, not everything is an organic issue. You can't pen you having reflux or you having constipation to an organic issue. It could be an issue that's inorganic. And when it becomes inorganic, then you start looking at other options. And the first place to look is your mental state and what's going on in your life and your mind. Okay, so you feel that actually we're just, it's we're more aware. We're a lot more aware. What about GPs, for example, in the UK and doctors here in Kenya? Do they have more training on mental health issues, psychology, or is it still very limited? I think GPs are now getting a lot more um, training. They're getting a lot more aware of what it is. However, for a GP, he's a lot of GPs, especially in Kenya, are trigger happy to give you a prescription. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. I don't know how much more it is in the UK. I think there's a lot stricter rules right now about, especially about prescription drugs for mental health issues. But in Kenya, everyone's trigger happy to say, okay, you're not sleeping well, it's okay. We'll give you, you know, we'll give you a sleeping pill for the next five days, or we'll give you Xanax for the next two weeks, and then we'll come back and see me. And then they're like, oh, it's still not helping. Here you go again. So that's what we're facing here right now is that, For a GP, he's trained to treat it with a chemical. Yes, okay. That's the training of a doctor. Yeah. Um, We can't blame anyone for doing that because that's what they've been trained to do. They've trained to treat everything with a chemical reaction. But there is a lot of education happening. And um, I had a couple of meetings last year in 2021 with the medical director at um, University of Nairobi and the dean saying, you know, doctors and students 
must be able to a get treat help themselves because they are also under tremendous pressure and b increase the amount of um, rotation they have in psychiatry and psychology that's really interesting I, i want to talk about what it is that you as a psychologist would would prescribe and when i say prescribe i don't mean pills uh, as coping strategies but we'll do that in the next section before we do go to your first song choice tell me why did you specialize in chemical dependency and trauma healing what was it about those two things that you were drawn to so chemical dependency purely because um coming from an asian community alcoholism drug abuse is when i was going to school in the in the middle 90s was never addressed anyone nobody wanted to speak about oh, but was it a huge problem in yeah, those days it still is okay i mean it's it's a huge huge problem so with what ages are we talking about who has this problem is it men is it women young old it's across the board you'd be surprised with the amount of women who are stay-at-home moms or housewives or women who've stopped working in their late 40s who go to the casino every afternoon and drink and drink and play really you'd be you'd be really really surprised <laughs> i'm like what world am i living in because i haven't heard this we live in bubbles but yeah it's there in in what communities in the asian community yeah okay because i th- i knew drink was a problem with the asian community with the men even the women and what about drug abuse what what kind of demographic um demographic are we looking at so you with with um with heavy drugs and strong drugs and i'm looking at cocaine and stuff you're looking at anyone from the age of 18 to 32 right now well that's quite frightening and weed marijuana the bong the shisha you're looking at up to 45 50 okay uh, you can see i'm a little bit speechless i feel like i live in a bubble cuz i have a glass of wine and i'm like i'm done Yes. So, okay. But there are people who want to drink every single day. There are people who can't do without 10, 12 in a day. What is causing these issues? Why are people turning to drugs and drinks in Kenya, in Nairobi, in this particular community? Disposable income is the first thing. W- what? They've got too much disposable they've income. Too much income. And those that don't have income are trying to run away from what they're facing. such as this is poverty. Okay, so you've got these two extremes. You've got, got people extremes. with a lot of money spending money on drugs and drinks and then you've got people who don't have money who still are running away from it by spending money on yeah. wow. Okay. I mean, you'd be surprised with how much a stick of weed costs on the street. It's 50 shillings. Anyone can get that. Yeah. And it's enough to give you some kind of escapism. It's enough for couple of hours is escapism isn't it which is what people are looking for fascinating stuff look let's go to your first song choice it's with or without you by you two why have you chosen this song i think i've loved this song for forever since you two played it and it speaks to me on so many different levels okay it's, yeah it's just beautiful okay well let's have a listen Set in your eyes 
see the thorn twist in your side I'll wait for you Slide of hand and twist of fate On a bed of nails she makes me wait And I wait without you With or without you With or without you Through the storm we reach the shore You give it all, but I want more And I'm waiting for you With or without you With or without you
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And in the studio today, we have Prashna. Prashna has been sharing about some of the issues that the Asian community have had with alcohol and drugs. But something I want to talk about, and, and I mentioned this in the intro, is elections, which are happening in Kenya very soon. And that affects everyone from across all societies, all socioeconomics, uh, demographics. Are you seeing people coming to you with any kind of election anxiety? We're not seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of people coming to me with election anxiety, but we're seeing a lot of corporates coming to us for training over the next couple of weeks. Oh, okay. In what way? Looking for, you know, how, well, like we're doing one next week. Um, and they they want us to talk about team cohesiveness and you know life goes on after elections what's happening right now in the workplace is Charlene you may support one and i may support another and it becomes very emotional and it becomes very um people become really angry or excited about what they're saying and this is now causing issues in the workplace it's interesting, right? Kenyans get very passionate about their politics. It's almost like it's religion and politics in this country, really. Whereas in other countries, like in India, it's Bollywood and cricket and politics. Um, so as we come up to, to election time, it does become, as you say, quite excitable. Is there a sense of this tribalism around as well in the corporate world? Or does that not exist anymore? I haven't come across pure tribalism for a while in the corporate world. You say for a while, so you used to. Yeah, of course. And it does pitch in here and there. You'll hear, oh, you know, that tribe is just like that, or this tribe is behaves this way. But what it is that we've come across recently is um, allegiances. Okay. And when you have an allegiance to a certain political leader or a certain political agenda, that's what drives all your behavior. So that's what we've been coming across in the last, this election and last election. Okay. Before that, it was tribal because we also had violence yes. associated with, you know, tr- based, literally based on tribal lines. Okay. Um, we're hearing things. This, you know, security apparatus is hearing that there is, People are talking about violence being meted on other tribes that live in certain areas. If this one wins, this one's will be kicked out. Or yes. blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, those noises are out there and they are causing anxiety. And as you see people coming closer to elections, you're going to, you know, you hear people saying, I think I want to go home. You know, staff are asking for leave days. Um, people are saying, do we want to stay in Nairobi? Yes, they're, all, they're safer in Shags. So they, they feel, feel safer there yeah. because they think that's they're all the same there, right? But then, Shal, from you and I, this is it. This is Shags. Yeah, this is Shags. Nairobi is. Where We've we got going? nowhere to go. Yeah. Where <laughs> yeah. are we going? I mean, we're born and brought up here. Yeah. Can't run away. Yeah. We're going to stay in Nairobi. So then what? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a case of just hankering down and being at home for the next, we, we don't know, right? Life does come to a standstill in Kenya during elections. I mean, life seems like it's already coming to a standstill from it? next week. Doesn't it? It just is crazy. But also, it's interesting because the economy must take a hit and that must affect people's mental well-being. Surely, if I can't put food on the table, as is happening to a lot of people, what what is that doing to people's mental health? I mean, it's... 
I had stress management workshop yesterday with um, with a corporate, and the biggest thing they spoke about was inflation. Okay, so the finance and economies that is really worrying people. They're worried that okay, you're forcing us officially the election day is a public holiday we're anticipating maybe the next day would be a holiday but what happens to businesses if for the next one week you're forced to stay closed because of any odd number of things you're not producing you're not working banks are not functioning we're lucky we have mpesa and atm and mobile apps but you've got to have money in your accounts yes. to use those and and a lot of people don't have huge amounts. Election has come at the ninth of the the month. Yes, that's smack. It's not the middle. No, it's not the beginning. So yeah, you may have gotten your salaries by the third or the fifth. But you've probably spent. But you've also lot of it. got bills. You've got yes. rent. You've got this. You've got house yeah. managers to pay. So really, people are worried about what's going to happen. People are wondering how much food am I stocking up? How much? You know, I was at the coast over the week last weekend. And somebody was telling me, you know, you've got to stock up like 100 liters of fuel and fill up your car. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? If, if I can't leave home, why am I putting fuel in my car? <laughs> That's so like, true. Really? I think we probably have to be like the Brits and stock up on loo roll. <laughs> yeah, maybe loo roll. <laughs> um, tell me about your stress management uh, workshops in corporates. I'm, I'm really intrigued to hear, first of all, that corporates are asking you a lot more. And, and what are they saying they're really seeing aside from election anxiety? Is there other anxiety? And what do you do? What kind of things do you do in these workshops? Because they sound fascinating. So a lot of people, a lot of corporates are asking for work-life balance. Wow. That is, okay, because yeah. I don't see it in Kenya. There is no work-life balance. It, everybody's on the hustle. So you have your job and then you have a second hustle and you have a third hustle. Everybody's, and then you end up in the bar. And then you, you end, end up, up in the, in the bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so true. Work-life balance. Wow. Why are they asking for this all of a sudden? Is it all of a sudden? Well, COVID. COVID has actually... Gotcha. There have been negatives to COVID, but there have been so many positives to COVID. And COVID has actually made people realize that we need a work-life balance. When you're working remotely, and I think you may you may face this as well, um, when you come to the office, you know it's eight to five or eight to six or yeah. seven. But when you leave the office, you leave the office. Yeah. When you're home, you'll break for lunch or you'll break in the middle of the day to prepare the dinner, whatever it is that you're doing. Then you end up going back to work at eight o'clock at night. Yes. Yeah. So you're not now working your normal eight, nine, ten hour shifts. You're working a lot longer hours. So work, COVID brought up a lot about having a balance in your life, whichever balance it needs to be. So when we have our workshops, we highlight some of these things that cause you stress. We highlight um, symptoms of stress. Okay. Which nowadays... It's not just insomnia. It's okay. not just, you know, high blood pressure or whatever. But simple things like comfort eating, loss of appetite, all those things are symptoms of something. Give us some more because it'll be really interesting for listeners to see because they might, somebody might say loss of appetite. Well, I've lost my appetite for the last two, three months. I don't know why. There you go. Okay. But clearly yeah. there's something that's yeah. causing you not to want to eat. Yeah. So... The two extremes, one is insomnia and the other one is, I just want to sleep all day. Yes. Then there is uh, frequent urination. 
Okay, why? Because sometimes you don't want to be at your desk. You'd rather just get up and <laughs> go to the loo. Whoa, okay. Right. And then and then you've got the two extremes of comfort eating or not eating. Correct. Okay, what and else? And then the so-called retail therapy. Spending money you don't have, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And, you know, now M-Pesa has KCB M-Pesa loans, M-Shwari, Fuliza. I mean, people are picking up Shylocks. People are picking up money where they don't need money. And spending money they probably they can't afford. need yeah. to even spend on. Okay. The other thing is also frequent use of all these chemicals. Yes. Drinking, smoking, whatever it is you're doing, right? Um, those are all signs. Loss of breath. Because they're breathing shallowly? They're breathing shallow. Because that's anxiety. And you know, because you meditate. Yes. And you work with breath. Yes. You know that breath work, um, you know, it's it's your breath is your life. Absolutely. Oxygen is fuels your body. Yeah. So, yeah, so loss of breath, headaches, and yeah. not just tension headaches, but just generally headaches. Wow. These are all signs that something is not right for you. Absolutely. So, and then something needs to be done. And so you're sharing this in your stress management. And then are you giving them coping skills as yes, well? Yes, we do. We work with coping skills. So we do, we go through basic tapping. Yes. We go through uh, basic So for people who don't know, that's EFT tapping. EFT yeah. tapping, yeah. Okay, emotional freedom technique, which is fantastic. Yes. I mean, you wouldn't think that tapping on certain points of your body would create such a release. Yes. And it's definitely, if you don't know about it, um, it's definitely worth looking into EFT. Carry on. So yeah, so basic tapping, breath work, meditation, you know, exercising, encouraging exercising. We've started with one of our groups that we did a couple of weeks ago, we did chair yoga. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you think it looks stupid and one per- one of the participants say, but I think I'm going to look strange doing that. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. If it makes you feel better, do it. If it doesn't, fair enough, don't. But if it's going to make you feel better, if it's going to get your organs working and restarted and rebooted, get on with it. Just get, yeah. get on to the program. So that's, those are the simple things we're doing. Um, we're also encouraging talk therapies. Okay. We're encouraging people to go in and look for talk therapists. Are there therapists in Kenya? And also, are they affordable? Yeah, there are. There are affordable therapists and there are lots of therapists. Okay. All I'd say with a therapist is um, meet with a few, see who you gel with. Because sometimes most and most therapists and most doctors now, especially in Kenya, realize that not everybody can afford their fees. So A, they're either willing to work on a payment plan or they're even willing to come down on a fee. You do find a few people like that. Okay. There are few out there who do that. So go and see someone. Um, in workplaces, having mutually supportive groups, you know, just find a bunch of people who are similar and, 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 and make your try. That peer support is really important. It's very important. Uh, before we go to your next song choice, I want to ask about talking therapy because a lot of people will be, well, why should I pay a therapist to speak? I can speak to a friend. Or What's different about having therapy? I mean, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. It's, it's actually saved my life on many occasions. Why therapy? What, what, would you, what would be the reason to go to a therapist? You know, the misconception is that you're going to go into a therapist's office and just sit and mm-hmm. you will talk and I will listen. Yeah. 
But that's not true because an effective therapist teaches you strategies and that's the learning. If if I give you homework and you don't do it, then you're not you're paying me, yes, but you're also not doing your end of the bargain. Okay. So when you're given a strategy that you need to work on, when you're shown where maybe your perception is going off track. Yeah. That's what talk therapy is about. Okay. So that's the difference that's between the difference. it's rather than just sitting over a glass of wine with a friend, it's a very different way of Absolutely. talking. Fabulous. Thank you. Right. Let's go to your next song choice. It's The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Why have you chosen this song? The Sound of Silence. I think silence is beautiful. Okay. And this and silence speaks to you. So I always encourage people to sit in silence every single day for a certain point, point, period of time. Okay, let's have a listen. Hello darkness my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left it seems while I was leaving And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were stemmed by the flash of a neon light that split the Touch the sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. Prashna, let's talk about children first because we've talked about adults, we've talked about uh, chemical dependency, but we know that children are now having more and more mental health issues. What kind of things are you seeing and, and why is it even more exacerbated than it used to be? So I'll give you an example. My son is 13 now, went to school at 13 months. Okay. So he's been socially interacted with other children of different age groups since 13 months. Um, we're facing and seeing a lot more kids right now with um, social interaction problems. I wouldn't call them mental issues or mental problems or mental health concerns because kids who are going into school, into formal schooling now, were born and spent a lot of their younger years, the foundation years, in COVID, in isolation. Wow, okay, yes. So you have a three-year-old maybe, or a four-year-old who is going to kindergarten, suddenly having to come home and say, oh, you gotta be online, or oh, mom and dad, who now are supposed to work from home, are supposed to help you through schooling and homework or whatever it was. So you're stuck in a home lucky if you had siblings, unlucky if you don't, with no social interaction. So 2021, January, March, September, when school started taking in children, teachers were finding that these kids had no social interaction skills. Absolutely. They could not cope with being in a classroom with 10, 15, 20 kids. Wow. There's a whole generation like that. a whole generation. Okay. Same thing happened with our kids who are older and were doing online learning. So teenage, teenagers. You're looking from your 10 to 10 onwards. Okay. They spent eight hours, five hours a day online. Yeah. Now we're trying to tell them, get off a gadget, but here we've given them a gadget. Yes. To study. <laughs> so the irony was, but how am I going to do this? They, they, I, I remember my son having play dates on the PlayStation. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, this is what life has become. Mm. And we ha he had friends who were stuck in Europe because they got shut down in the lockdowns there, couldn't come across continents now they're playing on the PlayStations and whatever. And I'm thinking, is this what it's going to be like? Is it the same with offices? We were all on Zoom meetings. Yes. I think by the end of 2020, I had Zoom fatigue. Yes. And I'm still, I, I, I hate these online workshops. Yeah. I'm, I'm now literally saying, can we go back to physical workshops? Can we go back to physical trainings? Because I'm genuinely tired. I don't like seeing C's, P's, M's, P. I want to see faces. faces. I want to see expressions. I want to interact. And this is what our kids, they forgot, and some never learned. 
And going back to school for these children must have been traumatic for for some of them. It was traumatic. It was overwhelming. Yeah. Certain children weren't used to noise. Gosh. And now you're in a school environment with five, six hundred, whatever number of children. Yeah. Everybody running around. Yeah. Teachers screaming orders. And you're thinking, just imagine a seven-year-old with that overwhelming feeling. You will get kids with panic attacks at that age. That's just mind-boggling, isn't it, that we are having children have f- facing issues like that, that you wouldn't think were children's issues. Let's talk, you talked about uh, the, the technology and being on screens and stuff. Let's talk about social media briefly. You and I, Prashna, we're, I think, the same age. We grew up with hardly any technology, no social media. What do you think social media is doing to people at the moment? And I, are you seeing people come and talk to you about it? Yes, I see. I have a few clients that I'm now helping deal with because their self-esteem was ruined because of social media. Wow. They go on social media and say, oh, my best friend has this kind of a life or this person has this kind of a life. Their relationship is this way because it's all portrayed that way on social media. You and I both also don't show the ugly side of our lives on social of media. Of course not. Naturally. No, you're always seeing me smiling and happy and eating cake and going places. Exactly, and, yeah. right? Um, and then me, who may not have that kind of life, come looks at your page and says, what a life, what a fun life is she leading? Yeah, why am I not leading? Why am I life? not able to? What am I doing wrong? So you get people saying they want to now pretend to be like somebody and that is causing problems because you're 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 going against your your nature you're going against your personality you're almost cheating yourself that you know you need to form certain ways um i've never been one to prescribe to fashion so i will wear what i'm comfortable and happy in yeah But people who prescribe to fashion, people who want to be fashionable because they think that's the way they need to be seen, will start following celebrities, will start wanting to buy brands. I mean, why do you think knockoffs came into existence? Yeah. Because they're people who need them. Yeah. Can't afford the brand, but want the brand kind of thing. Exactly. What? But what would you say to somebody who is addicted to social media? I've spoken to a lot of people recently on this show and many of the young ones are just switching off but there are some people addicted to it how do you i'm thinking maybe i am too how do you wean yourself off social media can you wean yourself off you can but it's discipline like everything in life right you have to say if you're switching off are you having a weekend of social media free and that means whatsapp that means telegram that means instagram snapchat i don't know whatever else there yeah, is out TikTok, there yeah tiktok facebook yeah all the rest all of, of it. it you know i mean the other day i was being asked why are you not on tiktok and i'm like <laughs> oh my god i can't take any more no i'm like i i always say i'm too old for tiktok it's not even an age thing for me. I just can't do it. The, I was scrolling on my Netflix and I saw short videos and I'm thinking, even here? <laughs> but okay, so now, you know, I'm loving this conversation because you keep saying something and it triggers off something. You're talking about short videos and, and something like seven seconds on Instagram. is all, we're, we're losing concentration, aren't we? Our power of concentration is going. Instant gratification. Have you seen that change over the years in your practice? Yeah, include from our children to ourselves. To ourselves as well? So, 
I feel like because the other day I picked up I've got this fantastic collection of books now I picked up a book and I read one page and I started I put it down I thought let me just check my Instagram quickly and did you go and have you realized that you prefer audible to reading yeah I see I've never been audible but yes I can imagine that's probably because that's quicker yes. for than read reading takes effort now it takes effort because it's also your eye coordinating with your brain with audible you're hearing and processing instantly it's fast it's instant well fascinating stuff i feel like we've i we've changed so much as a species because of technology i want to touch on two or three things before we go to the next song choice i'm so conscious i have so much to ask um what do you feel about the stigma around mental health here in kenya do you think that's changing because i know that when i came back to this country about 3 years ago nobody was talking about it now everybody seems to be what's changing why are people more open and is that just my perception or is it changing in some forms it's changing but in some forms it's not okay let's talk about in the forms that it's not why where and why is it not changing i had um i look at ar and um this week we had a potential sexual assault okay and she didn't want to for her it was yeah it's happened but i'm not going to talk about it my family can never know about this okay that's interesting so family the family shame shame community shame social shame but doesn't want to bring the guy or the person to justice nope well okay so stigma still holds stigma still holds. what about around things like depression and anxiety alcoholism perhaps none of that people don't realize that they're sick People think anxiety is not an illness. People think you're overreacting. People say depression is snap out of it. Yes, we still get that. Yeah. We still get just get over it. Get on with it. Yeah. Go on holiday, get, you'll be fine when you come back. Get dressed, get out, it will be better. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll get up, I'll get dressed, I'll go out. I'll be okay for 30 minutes. Then I really want to go back home and crawl into bed. So you're still seeing that even with so much information coming out post covid? I think we're still seeing it. When in covid everybody was yay mental health. Yeah. Now that we're almost back to normalcy, yeah. everybody's like, "Yeah, it's okay, it's done with it. It was covid." Hmm. Okay. That that makes me feel quite sad cuz my work is all around mental health and I was I was actually heartened. You know, you said one of the good things to come out of COVID for me, it was that people began to see mental health as an issue that we need to talk about. And if that's if you're right, we've kind of gone back to what we think of normality. Exactly. So that's quite scary. Look, um we're running out of time, but I want to bring in your quote cuz I love it. The quote is by Ivan Coyote and it's I am a spare uh, sorry, I am a rare species not a stereotype. Why did you choose this quote? Because all my life I've been given a label, one label or another. Mm. Child, daughter, mom, wife, whatever, sister, cousin, aunt. And I think each and every one of us needs to be beyond a label. We are really individually very very special and have something to give. that nobody else can give except yourself. So why put me in a box with a million other people? Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Your song choice is it's one of my favorite as well. You raise me up by Westlife. Why do you like this song? I think I dedicate this for my mom. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's have a listen.
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. And every week we do a meditation. Today I'm going to do a meta meditation, which is loving kindness, because I feel like we could all do with some loving kindness for ourselves at the moment. So finding your comfortable position, 
closing your eyes or lowering your gaze, whatever you feel comfortable to do. And I want you to put your right hand in the center of your heart and your left hand on top. This is over your heart chakra. And just focus on your breath. Feel the heartbeat under your palm, the warmth of the heart chakra, which is a beautiful emerald green color. And then breathing in and breathing out, just in your own time, perhaps deepening the breath, slowing it down. And you'll feel your heart, which may have been racing, slowing down too. And just in your mind, repeat after me these words. Really feel them as you say them. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I feel safe from harm. May I accept myself just as I am. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be happy. And one more time, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I feel safe from harm. May I accept myself just as I am. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be happy. You can stay with that for as long as you like, focusing on your breath. But for now, bring your awareness back to the room you're in, back to my voice, and gently opening your eyes. How was that? That's great, thank you. Prashna, finally, if I were to cast your way to a desert island and you could only take one book with you, what would it be? It would be a journal to write in. Do you journal, generally? I do. Okay, what, what are the benefits of journaling? I think for me, journaling is just... I'm not much of a talker, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? We, I mean, I had so much. We were talking so much today. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, everything that's in my mind, in my heart, I put it on paper. Okay. And I still do pen to paper. Um, I use my, my phone a lot more now than I should. Um, but I still go down. I do my daily gratitude lists. I do my daily um, thoughts. I do. And it's not just that. I, I write everything everything that's happening to me every every silly thought that I may have every crazy thought that I may have every memory that I have so that's what for me journaling is about that what is it about it though that actually putting on paper what does it do to the mind because you must tell people to do this so it actually takes it out of your mind okay you know the mind is like a hamster wheel yeah if you've got that one thought that's constantly on your mind we all have a tendency of overthinking no matter what anyone says we do it consciously or subconsciously yes um and sometimes we just don't need to overthink it sometimes we just don't need that thought so yeah physically visualizing and taking it off your mind and putting it on paper and just leaving it for the universe to do what it needs to do with it gosh i love that 
Listen, listeners, if you've not heard about journaling on the show, you've not been listening. So please listen to Prashna. Journaling changed my life. It really, I've got boxes of journals and I've actually put on there, when I die, please burn, don't read because there's some stuff you just don't want anybody to know about. <laughs> so Absolutely. <that's, laughs> um, if there was one song you could play, what would it be? Eye of the Tiger. Why? I think Eye of the Tiger is exactly that. Strength, strong, mm. you know, nothing keeps you down. Okay. Okay, we'll have a listen to it at the end of the show. And finally, if there was one luxury item you could take with you, what would it be? My mom's shawl. I oh. think that would just be my connection to the other side. Your mom's here, no longer here? No. Okay, so a shawl. Is it a specific shawl you've got of her? Just that one shawl, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, you've got it. Thank you so much, Prashna. It's been an absolute dis- delight to have you because I feel like I've learned so much and I... I feel like I know a lot about mental health, but it's been great. Thank you. I'd like to present you with my book, Always With You. It's my memoir as a thank you for appearing on the show. To all my listeners, this book is now available at Textbook Center and Rafu Books in Kenya and Amazon Worldwide. Please also follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations and lots more on my social media at JustJoom, J-U-S-T-J-H-O-O-M. Prashna, thank you for being here, sharing so much valuable information with us. Is there a final message you'd like to share with our listeners, especially as we come up to election time here in Kenya? And how can people reach you? Um, my final message is to, to anyone is please look up the serenity prayer and just say it to yourself as often as required. Um, you can reach me on at a, any AR clinic. I have a private clinic. Um, reach out to Shalini and she will, I will share yeah. my number. Oh, okay. Absolutely, I will. And are you on social media at all or are you one of the few people who aren't? I am on Facebook, yes. Okay, all right, great. So to all my listeners, please, if you do want to reach out to Prashna, you can DM me uh, at JustJune. If you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please also do speak to uh, spe- seek professional help through Prashna, a counsellor or your doctor, doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. To play out the show, we've got Prashna's final song choice, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. I'm Charlene Bala-Lucas. I'm grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful.